warm welcome to worship this morning. My name is Jean Porter, I'm Deaconess at St Mark's Church in Rapploch, and it's a privilege to be able to share worship with you this morning. As we come to God in prayer this morning, at the close of this prayer we'll say together the words of the Lord's Prayer, and please feel free to use whatever version is most comfortable for you. Let us pray. Lord of all, Holy One, we recall your mighty deeds of the past. We remember the stories of Israel and your faithfulness towards your people. We remember more clearly the sights, sounds and sciences that have accompanied us through this past year and more. Yet you ask us to look for you, not in the past, but in the present, to see your hand at work in your lives today. Whatever you did for us in the past is nothing compared to what you will do in the future. Forgive us for the times when we cling on to the hardships we have faced, to the losses we have endured, to the difficulties we have encountered, and even to the story of how you have helped us through these. Forgive us when we fail to see the new thing that you are doing. When we refuse to see the path you have created that leads us to the life-given streams that bring us hope for today and tomorrow. Now God, open our eyes today. Help us to see the new thing you are doing in Dollar, Glendevin and Muckert as we pray in the name of the one who taught us to call you our Father who art in heaven. Hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. Psalm 100, a psalm for giving thanks. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good, and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. The words of Psalm 100 may well be familiar to you through the version that we sing as All People That On Earth Do Dwell. This version was written by William Keith, a Scot and a friend of John Knox. It has been around since the 1560s and congregations have sung it for over 500 years, standing the test of time and surviving many changes in thought and fashion. What you may not know is that this psalm is a missionary psalm. This is the psalm for the whole world. It's a psalm that draws us all into his presence, literally before God's face. For God is not some impersonal deity, but a God who knows, loves, and reaches out to each one of us. It's a connecting psalm, a psalm that connects us to those who are out with the church. A psalm that connects us with one another. 
and the song that connects us with God himself. It might help us in our thinking about this psalm if we step back in time and place to the temple at Jerusalem. Try to picture the scene. Pilgrims have come to the temple to worship, just as we come to church. Only they have travelled from Egypt and Mesopotamia, huge distances and through many trials to get there. But as they reach the gate, a priest stands before them to greet them. He tells them to turn their backs on the temple and to face the lands from which they've come. They repeat the words of verses 1 and 2 after him, inviting all nations, friend and foe, to worship or serve the Lord. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Then they shout to the nations, Know that the Lord alone is God. Turning to each other, the pilgrims remind one another that out of all the nations, they belong to God alone. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. At this point, the priest tells the pilgrim to enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Reminding them that they are entering God's house through his gates and into his courts. In the same way, our church building is not ours. It is God's. Finally, as they reach the outer court, the court of the Gentiles, the priest helps the pilgrims to declare their faith in God by repeating after him the words, For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. I said at the beginning that this is a missionary psalm. For in it, you and I are commanded to take God's message of love and forgiveness to the whole world. As God's people who have known God's faithfulness through the generations, it is our duty and privilege to serve him faithfully as co-workers in mission. And we'll think more about this later as we explore the words of Paul to his spiritual son and co-worker in mission, Timothy. Second Timothy chapter 4 In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you keep your head in all situations, endure hardship, do the work of an, an evangelist, discharge all the duties of your ministry. For I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time has come for my departure. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. 
Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. Do your best to come to me quickly, for Demas, because he loved this world, has deserted me and has gone to Thessalonica. Crescens has gone to Galatia and Titus to Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with, with you, because he is helpful to me in my ministry. I send Tychicus to Ephesus. When you come, bring the cloak that I left with Carpus on Troas, and my scrolls, especially the parchments. Alexander the metal worker did me a great deal of harm. The Lord will repay him for what he has done. You too should be on your guard against him, because he strongly opposed our message. At my first defence, no one came to my support, but everyone deserted me. May it not be held against them. But the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength, so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. And I was delivered from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory for ever and ever. Amen. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the thoughts of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Paul is in prison, on trial for promoting the Gospel, for preaching Christ crucified and risen. You can almost hear the tiredness in his voice as he says, I am being poured forth like a drink offering, and the time for my departure is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. For Paul is approaching the end of his life. He is aware that age may overtake him, but more likely he will be killed for promoting the gospel of Jesus. It's important for him to encourage his young protege, Timothy, for seeing a time when presenting the gospel of Jesus would become far more difficult. A sign of this for him may have been the defection of Demas, one of his closest associates, who perhaps found the apostles' expectations too high, or perhaps, as was suggested in later times, that he had turned his back on Christ. The time is coming, says Paul, and coming soon, when people will not put up with sound teaching, preferring to listen to those who tell them what they want to hear preferring myths to the truth. Does this sound familiar? Perhaps that's because these are the times of which Paul wrote. Can you imagine what it must have been like for Paul to see one of his closest associates, someone whom he had encouraged and taught, give up because it was too hard to continue his race, to fight the good fight and keep the faith. As Paul looked back over his own experience during these past years, the travelling and speaking, all the arguing and debating the cause of Christ in the forum and marketplaces of the world, as he reflected on the shipwrecks, life threats, 
arrests and dangers he had faced in these years, he knew without doubt that each time God had been with him, never removing the danger or the trial, but helping him through each of them. His words, I have caught, fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. Lose the note of arrogance in the face of all that Paul had suffered and endured in the spreading of the gospel to all nations. Paul had learned the importance of finishing well. In 1973, a horse named Secretariat became a legend in his time. Not only did Secretariat win the Triple Crown, a thoroughbred racer, but he did it with an unprecedented performance. At the Belmont Stakes, he not only won the race by 31 lengths, but he set new records along the way as he went faster with each phase of the run. For one and a half miles, that famous thoroughbred ran faster every second. Secretariat was accelerating at such an incredible pace that his trainer noted if the race had been extended another one lap, his heart would have literally exploded. It's always tempting to settle into this a status quo performance. But as Paul discovered, the greatest joy is found in straining ahead to not just finish, but to finish well. The others are needed elsewhere, for the mission work must continue. And so, Kreskins is has gone to Galicia, Titus to Dalmatia. He has sent Tychicus to Ephesus. Only Luke remains with him. Do you hear his sense of isolation as he writes? In telling this, he remembers the first trial before the Roman court, and that there was no one to stand with him. They had all deserted him. And yet. And yet one remained with him throughout that time. The Lord himself remained. Paul says, The Lord stood at my side and gave me strength, so that through me my message might be fully proclaimed. And all the Gentiles might hear it. And I was delivered. The God who is faithful throughout the all generations, as the psalmist has written, remained with him. Hudson Taylor, founder of the China Inland Mission, used to hang in his own plaque with two Hebrew words on it. Ebenezer and Jehovah Jireh. The first word, Ebenezer, means thus far the Lord has helped us. And the second, Jehovah Jireh, means the Lord will see to it, or the Lord will provide. One look back, while the other look forward. One reminded him of God's faithfulness in the past, and the other of God's assurances for the future. Trusting in God who is faithful meant that Paul could say with honest conviction, now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for this appearing. And later, the Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. There was a German botanist 
traveling in Turkey. And one day he saw a rare flower hanging from an inaccessible precipice. He offered 10 piastres, then 20, then half a silver, and finally one pound to a tempted but hesitating boy, if he would be slung over with a rope and cut the plant. The boy, struck with a new thought, said, Wait a moment, I will go for my father to come and hold the rope, then I will willingly go down and get it. Paul knew that while he was in God's hands, he was eternally secure. So in addition to the charge he set on Timothy to preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season, correct, rebuke and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. He adds, Keep your head in all situations. Endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. Discharge all the duties of your ministry. In other words, run the race in such a way that you will finish well. Run the race in such a way that shows dedication to your training. Run the race with perseverance, relying on God to help you through. Run the race as faithfully as you can. And God, who is faithful throughout all generations, will act with faithfulness towards you. Paul's example as someone who has run the race set before him is not only for Timothy, but also for us. Psalm 100 reminds us that the God who is faithful in all his dealings with the people of Israel and with the psalmist David, is also faithful in all his dealings with Paul and Timothy, and with those whose trust is in him today. God is not going to change now. Paul's charge to Timothy is to be a faithful minister and evangelist of the gospel. Paul's charge to us is to be faithful followers and disciples of Jesus and for all of us to be a faithful community of faith. Be faithful as the Lord our God is faithful. And to his name will be all the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let us pray. God of grace, we hear your call to generous giving and the way you meet our needs each day and in the peace you give us which passes all understanding. Having received so much, we offer all that we have, our time, our talents, our money for your kingdom. Bless these gifts for the work of your church. Amen. Now let us thank God for his goodness to us as we pray for the church and for the world. Lord, we pray today for your church, carrying the gospel of forgiveness and freedom, which is so needed in our world. Thank you for those with a gift for sharing this good news and evangelism. Thank you for those with a gift for sharing this good news and the way they live. Give us the courage and the willingness to be your witnesses in ways that are generous and respectful, which come from our love for you. We know that our world is both wonderful and flawed 
at every point. We see the symptoms of a disordered world in every news broadcast. Bless those parts of the world which are especially damaged and in need of healing at this moment. Lord God, in our common humanity, we feel for those affected by civil war, violence and unrest. Keep us from the sin of thinking that their problems have nothing to do with us, for we are all children of one Heavenly Father. We pray for the world's leaders that there will be a willingness among them to act together for justice in our world, that there will be a real desire to wipe out poverty, a recognition that by action or default, the richer nations have added to this great wrong. We pray for those known to us, and those unknown to us who are in need of your healing love and compassion at this time, especially for those for whom any mention of life in all its fullness would ring very hollow. Be close to the lonely, the bereaved, the despairing and the desperate. Bless with hope those who are unemployed, homeless, deserted or friendless. Give your deep healing to the sick the disturbed, the damaged and the lost. In the silence, we meet before those whom we know to be in dark places today. We thank you for those who have given us examples and models by which we try to live. We thank you for those whose prayers have sustained the world. Help us to live by the light by which they have lived and to worship the source of that light. Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Another blessing. Let us go in peace. We have met with God here. Let us go in joy. We have been given love beyond measure. Let us go in hope. God will meet us in our daily lives. And may the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, rest upon us and remain with us forevermore. Amen.